Dropping the hammer. No, you're not. And welcome back to season two of Dropping the Hammer with Dan McFadden. I'm Dan McFadden. Uh, we are getting a late start to this season for various uh, reasons, but we are finally back. And with me today is a co-host, a, a guest co-host, maybe, I don't know, poten- potential future, just permanent co-host if he wants to. Um, you, you may have remembered him from one of our better episodes from last year. Uh, John... Give me more super speedways, Lafayette. <laughs> First of all, my middle name is give me all the super speedways, not more super speedways. Uh, and the last name is Lafollette. I'll have you know, not Lafollette. It's fine. You can call me I'm just going to call you Law. I'm just going to call you John Law. You call me whatever. You call me whatever you want to call you're, me. You're a lawyer in the making, lawyer in waiting. Um. Yeah, I should know the bar <laughs> results here in a couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to it. So, um I think it's the last episode you posted was an interview with AJ Allmendinger. And the last time I was on the show, we were talking about AJ Allmendinger because he just won the road course at mm. uh, Indy. So it yeah. seems our, seems our, our, my, our fates are intertwined. So, <laughs> I mean, maybe this portends, well, I mean, they're, they, they're going to Coda this week. Maybe we'll have another reason to talk about AJ Allmendinger again or something next, uh, next week or something, but no, uh, happy to be back. Thanks for the invite. Yeah. But uh, it, those of you who have listened before, of course, uh, my my pet, my last co-host for the last year was my good friend, Cro- James Crow. Uh, he has decided to step away from the podcast to, uh, to deal with some deal with some stuff. So um, uh, I wish he could be here, but he's not. But John's here, and so we have five weeks of NASCAR racing so far in the books in the NASCAR Cup Series. Um, we are coming off the. <laughs> at one point i tweet, tweeted yesterday sunday john that this is the first real wild card race of the year and it's really weird to say that about atlanta um <laughs> of all places um but atlanta or atlanta super speedway what daytona light what 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 it's how do a... we describe this is it's not a super speedway it's still a 1.54 mile track it just got higher bankings, narrow, narrower backstretch, wider front stretch, and thanks to the rules package, 510 horsepower, seven-inch rear spoilers, and other stuff, um, what we saw was basically Daytona and Talladega on a smaller scale. What did you think of Sunday's race? You know, I I really enjoyed it. I know that it's been – this has kind of been a hot-button issue ever since they announced the uh, – the changes that they were going to do to the track as far as, you know, changing the banking and trying to make it a super speedway uh, sort of race. Um, I never really had an opinion one way or the other. I do know that like a lot of people said on the broadcast and have said on in, in the, in the media that the old Atlanta just wasn't good anymore. I mean, I know that I, I was thinking about the races last year. All I remember last year was the first race. Kyle Larson led damn near every lap except for he like the last seven except for the last seven Blaine um, took, yeah Blaine took the lead finally and I if I recall I think Kurt Busch won the summer race but I can't tell but you that was actually that was actually a good race that was, was legi- that was See, legitimately a good race I legitimately cannot remember a single moment from that race um, because <laughs> even if it was a good race which I mean I, I I'm inclined I, I believe you I believe that it was a good race I, I trust your judgment on that but like when I think about last season like Atlanta doesn't even compute it, it just doesn't yeah. When I think about like my favorite moments from last year, Atlanta just doesn't come up. And, you know, 
I really thought this worked. Um, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just a parade. It wasn't guys spaced out. Um, guys were, you know, bumping and grinding all, all day. They couldn't get away from each other. There was a lot of uh, pack racing. Um, it was exciting. It, you know, was it contrived? Sure. But I don't really care about that. You the, know, I, the, yeah, I've seen seen people on Twitter. This, this is manufactured. And like, well, have you been watching Daytona and Talladega since 1988? Yeah. Yeah. Or like, like, liter- or like literally you- any like sports series, like any, any racing series. Like, you know, um, for me, and, you know, I think Brad Keselowski, I was reading some quotes that he said to Jordan Bianchi of The Athletic, you know, he seemed kind of ambivalent about Atlanta one way or the other. He wasn't, he didn't really, he, he, um, you know, a lot of drivers were kind of polarized on this, it seemed like, but he was somewhere in the middle. But he had a good quote that basically said, if this is what the fans want, mm-hmm. then so be it. And, you know, it, the, the attendance was, was great. You know, I think uh, the, uh, the Speedway president said that it was the best attendance they've had in like eight years or so. Um, and even on TV, it certainly looked like yeah. it. And so whatever, you know, say what you want, but the race got uh, butts in the seats and it mm-hmm. got eyes on TV, which that's good for the sport. We'll see tomorrow. We're recording this Monday. So TV ratings come out Tuesday. Right. And that, that will be the real, real. Okay. So how much buzz were they able to drive around this race to get people to watch? Um, which is important. And again, like, I mean, I, I wrote, I wrote my, wrote my weekly column, driving the hammer at Frenchers.com. Like no, no one was vocally asking for this. There, there was no one saying, Hey, let's turn Atlanta into a mini super speedway. There wasn't the, the, the majority of people are clamoring for more short tracks. And while Mar- Marcus Smith is actually trying to do that with Nashville, Nashville uh, fairgrounds and, and um, also resurrecting North Wilkesboro, although not for the cup series, unfortunately, um, n- no one was wanting Atlanta to be what it is now. No one was, um, but that's what we got. And as, as like, I'm ambivalent about it too, but I, I admit I was entertained <laughs> like like same there, there, there was every time I pretty much every time I looked up at the TV someone knew was leading like it was you could not look away and you haven't been able to say that about an Atlanta race in 10 years um, yeah. and you know if, if it wasn't you know actual pack racing lead changes back and forth it was one of three leaders blowing a right rear tire, you know, Um, it was, so I thought that was interesting as well. I don't know if it was just camber setup. That's basically what they're coming down to. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So that's not the tracks issue. That's just, you know, that's just something that could be easily corrected for the next race. They're racing here again in July, correct? Yeah. Sometime in the summer. Yep. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I can't wait. And I can't, I don't think I've ever said that as an adult, watching nascar like i can't wait till they go back to atlanta like i yeah. i've never said that that i think that is that that's a good thing for the sport and um you know i i, I thought this race was really good yeah you know william byron wins it's another uh it's another uh what am i trying to say it's another uh hendrick win excuse me mm-hmm. it's another it's another hendrick win and they've won three out of five so if you just look at the plain stats like oh here we go another hendrick domination year but like it doesn't really pass the eye test when you look at it because, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah, you know, Hendrick's getting these wins, but also Ross Chastain is competing week in, week out right yeah. now. So is um, uh, Tyler Reddick. Even Daniel Suarez has two top fives this season. He could have won California. Um, 
and then you know Bubba Wallace was came in second at Daytona, and um, you know he was right there in the mix again yesterday as well. Um, he was so, he was my pick to win because like if you finish in the top two in the last three super speedway races, something something's going right. Um, right, and and it looked like he was in the catbird seat, but then there on the last lap, you know the, that second lane for whatever reason didn't quite develop, but you know it was really cool to watch an Atlanta race where, you know, you had no idea what was going to happen in the last lap. And, you know, and, and that's, that's just okay. something we so, haven't seen. Okay. So th- this is a, a, a good jump off point for, for a minute. What, what is your definition of a good race? Like at the end of the day, when you look back at a race, you just watched, what's your general measurement for, okay. Yeah. That was a good race that I'll vote. Yes. On Jeff Gluck's poll. <laughs> I just, was there something memorable that happened? is there something I can like have a conversation with someone else who watched the race with, mm-hmm. you know, like, you, so I guess, I guess, so by, I guess by that kind of definition, the last year's spring Atlanta race could kind of meet that definition just because of what happened in the last seven laps. But like, yeah. you have to take it, I guess you have to look at the big picture as well. You know, one fluke thing at the end doesn't really make a good race, uh, doesn't make a race good or bad. Like I would say the same thing about Phoenix last week. Um, things got kind of interesting there at the end with all the restarts, but like by and large, I didn't really feel that compelled watching it. Um, part of that was just because Phoenix, a, Phoenix is, a, is, is, I think is a kind of a, an interesting case because until they reconfigured it back in 2018, you know, flip the front back stretch, right. Boring track. Like, like, just please know, can, can we just get past this race? But right. since that, the races have been more compelling. And the two races last year, especially the championship race, I thought were really good. Um, this year's race was, c- compared to, like, Auto Club in Las Vegas, it was tame. It was a lot more tame. Right. But for Phoenix, it was still good. Yeah. Like, like I... I like there, there was a part in the you know the, the stretch where oh is this gonna be ryan blaney's race oh no he's gonna have pit road problems and then all of a sudden chase elliott's leading and then oh wait where did chase briscoe come from right can, can chase briscoe hold on he did um and so it's like really like for the longest time the west coast swing was this just aggravating portion of the year like <laughs> once you got past don't they tone it's like okay we got auto club las vegas phoenix can we just can we just get through this please yeah. <laughs> like let's get to martinsville and we can have a good time right um, or like after the summer daytona race like oh next is kentucky and pocono cool <laughs> great and now it's and now it's the brickyard which used to be cool but isn't anymore great hey, you, you you take out those those issues with the curbs and that road course race was amazing oh yeah no the road course no i'm not bashing the road course race i'm okay. talking about the like the oval okay like the oval, the oval okay. brick i know i'm all for the road course race i've been an advocate for that for years yeah. okay um, all right all right so okay yeah i'm not but, but like no I, I i agree with you like i, I don't know I, and and I, I kind of you know watching this atlanta race i thought about california not in terms of the racing but in terms of like the like the choices that are being made or have been made regarding these tracks because you know, it seemed like, you know, this Atlantic configuration was, you know, predicated on the way that the previous car had run, which was not very good. Yeah. And then California, you know, it was reported by Bob Proctor, I think first that, you know, they want, or no, it was Jordan Bianchi, I think of the, the athletic who said that, you know, California is now considering going to a small track converting. Yeah. To yeah, a two yeah, mile. yeah that was first reported two years ago. And yeah. the expected expectation was that we'd get that by 2023. 
Yeah. And because of land issues, like trying, they're trying to sell land and stuff. Yeah. And it, COVID issues. This is, this is right right when COVID happened as well. Kind yeah. of things in the air. Like now the new car has already raced at Fontana and it was a really good race. And now you mm-hmm. hear, you know, rumors about, well, now California is reconsidering whether or not they want to do this because, um, because now they, it's, the product is actually viable there. So but, I just, this, I just thought is, that was this, really interesting. But this is the problem. This is the thing with Atlanta. Like, there's a lot of people saying, oh, why couldn't we just seen what the new car could have done on the old surface? Well, the old surface was 25 years old. We had to do a red flag yeah. in, the, in, in the fall race to fix it. It's literally patch. falling apart. Literally falling apart. So you, <laughs> that, that was not a viable thing. No. Just never. Uh, like, like I wrote, wrote in my column this week, I, I wish we could have done this first race on this new surface unrestricted. Like, so we could see what this car could do in its base form without limiting the horsepower and all that and see what it could do. Right. I'm with but you we on did, that. We, we just well. jumped into, we just cannonballed into the deep end of the pool and look what we got. <laughs> it, it would have been nice to see. It would have been nice to see. I agree with that. Um, and that's something that Kurt Busch, um, alluded yeah. to as well i saw clips of him on pit road after the race yeah he, um, and he was yeah he, i was just gonna say he was pretty tight-lipped like he usually will oh, yeah. say what he thinks but he was like uncharacteristically tight-lipped like he wouldn't it was almost like marshawn lynch is like i'm only here so i don't get <laughs> like that's basically what he was saying like well, any question he was asked was like that, you know, that, that uh, was actually the, that was actually the kyle bush interview in the garage where he's like nope <laughs> that, that that that's that's the marshawn lynch no, no but kurt you no, you're right kurt like he, he got asked like three different times what you thought what he thought and he's like it's it's a lot to digest right now it, it's it's wild and i was like yeah which i don't know what that means i assume it means <laughs> i mean it's not i mean it's not like kurt bush had a bad day he came in third and he's no. he, you know he's had yeah. he's he's shown really well so far this season he's arguably the best Toyota in the field right now. Toyota's yeah. really had their issues so far this season. Well, um, they, they, so they, st- it, they still technically are. Like they're not. They're like even the even though the forty five is finishing well, they're still needing to figure stuff out in the, like the middle of the race. They're not like up front, right? Uh, like, right. Th- this is two weeks in a row where after the race was over, I was in the middle of writing my race report for Speed Sport, and I looked at the results like. Where did Kurt Busch come from? Right. <laughs> like he's having a really good season with 2311. Um, and, you know, so his comments aren't coming from, it's not like Kyle Busch, because I read where Kyle Busch was asked if he thought they were entertainers and not drivers this week. And all he said was, yep. But again, like he crashed and had a bad race. And we all know how temperamental he is. I mean, that, if he was in. That, if, that's his if, response to anything bad. Like, he, I know. He's, he's like, so but I even take, if, I take but even if he, to... I'm just going to say, like, even if, if, if he won the race, we know that he wouldn't have necessarily been that, that, that dry about it or that uh sarcastic about it but well, he, he you know, won the first car tomorrow race in a victory lane called it a shit box <laughs> <laughs> that's true i did forget about that and uh, you know history proved him right on that so but um uh, just back to kurt bush you know like he came in third he had a really good race yeah he had his ups and downs and it was a lot of drivers had a lot of ups and downs yeah. um so i think that's where he finished coupled with those comments is kind of re- revealing at least i would like to see them do unrestricted but at the same time we just saw how compelling and exciting this race was when it was unrestricted i mean when it was restricted excuse yeah. me so if you're nascar do you want to be wishy-washy about it or because i mean you just saw i mean yeah the drivers might want to complain about it but like you just sold a bunch of tickets and you just mm-hmm. had a really exciting race at a place that hasn't seen it in almost a decade 
Yeah. Do you just switch that right away? I don't know. That's really well, hard call. Do, well, guess what? SMI owns Bristol, and you're getting a dirt race in the spring and pavement in the fall. Why not with Atlanta do unrestricted in the spring or restricted in the spring, unrestricted in the summer? Didn't they allude on the broadcast that um, they said something about they did a test there at Atlanta with the new configuration, and they didn't. It was with the like the 650 horsepower, like the general kind of car mm-hmm. they've been racing to begin this season. And didn't they say that they found out? I think it was Larry McReynolds said they found out the cars were going quote unquote too fast. I like I, I, I have no idea. Yeah, I think it was. I, might like, right, I think it was right at the beginning of the broadcast. But they did a test there, you know, just to, to see what sort of um, horsepower package they should bring to the tra- to the race. And they said that the previous one made the speeds too fast. I want to know what constitutes too fast. Yeah. Um, I would like to see what that data is or, or how fast those cars were going. Cause like, and what was it as fast as when Jeffrey Bodine broke the track record in 97 after the, the, the last repave? I'd um, be shocked. <laughs> I would be shocked. Like, like there's, I, there's like, is too fast 200 miles an hour because I mean, that's basically what they're doing at Daytona anyway. I know yeah. that's a much bigger track. Well, with... here's, here's the thing. Here, here's one of my main, main concerns about putting, a super speed speedway race onto a smaller track is because Bubba, Bubba Wallace got got into his wreck on, on the last lap, kind of checkered flag, hit hit the hit driver side door on the outside wall. Afterward, he says he thinks it's that was the hardest hit of his career, and he this is the guy who had a vicious hit at Pocono in 2018 after not having brakes. Yeah. Um. So. Pair that with also Cody Ware said that his crash on the backstretch with Todd Gilland was all he he said also that he thought that was the hardest hit of his career. That was that was scary. That was a really scary wreck. So I, I never saw I never for whatever reason never saw a good replay of that one. Um, like he hit like one o'clock angle driver's side going okay. in. Like if the, if the safety barrier wasn't there, you would have been critically hurt. That was a really scary crash. So so that's that is my concern. If you having drivers saying getting into wrecks. At one at a one point five mile track, guys who've had worse hits at bigger tracks going faster. That that's my concern. What if you're you're having the hardest hit of your career at Atlanta? So yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And you know, it's this 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 whole race. You know, speaking about that, you know, uh, give and take that we're kind of talking about here. It's like, yeah, this is exciting, but you know, how much do we want to see NASCAR do this? Yeah, this is fun, but you know there's another portion of, of, of this that, I, you know, for years we've been hearing fans and drivers say that they want more difficult cars to drive. Yeah. They want more uh, control in the driver's hands. And with the last years, several years of the previous package of the previous car, everything was wide open. It just really didn't feel like the drivers had more uh, of a say in what they could do on the track. And now so far to begin the season, you know, except for Daytona, obviously, because that's a whole separate kind of beast. But, you yeah. know, California and Vegas and, and, and Phoenix, you know, the, especially at California and Vegas, we saw a lot of spin outs. We saw mm-hmm. a lot of not not just, you know, drivers, you know, uh, drivers across the spectrum. You know, we saw Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Kevin Harvick do it. I think Blaney did it at one point as well. Um, we saw no, drivers across. Blaney had a save. Blaney had a yes. wicked save on the last yes. lap. Um, so and but like. <laughs> Like you just saw constant, you know, spin outs and, you know, 
we saw these cars being difficult to drive and we saw drivers having to learn and adapt to these new cars. And then we get to Atlanta and it just feels like new car chassis, but gen six setup and NASCAR's kind of splitting the baby. But again, like Brad Kozlowski said, if it puts butts in the seats and it helps on TV ratings, then, then what do you do? So here's, here's a question. If you are Texas motor speedway (laughs) and you just saw this, and the only race you have is an all-star race. Well, no, they, 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 have, they have a fall race. That's right. Yeah, they have a playoff race. But, like, yeah, th- you know, we just saw what happened to Kentucky when it was the worst mile and a half. It got put on the chopping block. Mm-hmm. Now we have Texas. You're, by and large, considered the worst intermediate track now. You just saw what happened. What do you do? I want to see what the Jackson car does. So, that's... Like, and that's fair. That's totally fair. So... Um, like I okay my my my, my list of the tracks that I I want okay let, let let's see what this next gen car can do here can can it improve the the, the the racing at this track was first off Auto Club if we just want to just go up like like it, what can this car do past the first two laps which restarts at Auto Club were great you know and but then right. you know after you got past that what then what yeah. um, and even though there wasn't I don't believe there was a green flag run in that race longer than like 20 laps. Um, th- the racing was great. Like it was, it was yeah, legitimately it, great. Um, like Daniel, Daniel Suarez was like a lap away from potentially winning and he got, yep. he just got a horrible run off turn four. Um, but it was just like, what's going to happen? Who, who's going to screw up? Um, and you just couldn't say that forever nope. at auto club. So Check mark. All right, Auto Club. You, you go to Las Vegas. Las Vegas was not one of the worst intermediates. It, no, it, it wasn't. It, it could put on. It could put on good races. Um, but that was that was a great race. It, it was. I, I mean, it I mean it came down to an overtime finish. So that, that I mean that will always somehow cloud your judgment to a degree. But you had you had Ross Chastain, Trackhouse Racing, and only in second year out there leading 83 laps um and it wasn't i don't i don't know about you but i'm not i'm definitely not bothered by one driver dominating for stretches with this car no i'm not either and and even with the previous car i was never really i wasn't necessarily bothered by it because like there is something to be said for one driver and one team just showing up with a hot rod and just beating the pants off of everybody else you know that's competition i get it but especially in a year like kyle larson had last year where you show up at atlanta and you lead 300 laps or you go to the coca-cola 600 and you lead damn near every lap um like like there's there's a fine point between you know if you're nascar yeah you want your talented drivers to do well because that's what drives all sports i mean Mm -hmm. the nba has a vested interest in lebron james and the lakers playing well like the year that you know the years that uh, the lakers don't make the playoffs playoffs ratings dip that's that there's a reason for that so if you're an ass car you want your stars to be winning races that's not what i'm trying to say that you know we need parody we need cody Ware to be in the top five all the time or Corey the joyous to get a top five finish all the time that's how that's real competition that's not what i'm saying it's just 
it, you just you just get the sense of like why am i watching this and mm-hmm. i i've kind of felt the same way all those years when jimmy johnson was winning the championship all the time like that guy that was right you know i growing up i love nascar but then when johnson started winning all the time i just i really fell out of watching the sport because it oh, just no, felt okay pretty- okay yeah same same like my blind spot like i i grew from like 97 up through you know 04 the peak dale jr at, at, at in the budweiser eight years i was i was all in the nascar and then a combination of just being busy with high school and college <laughs> um, because there's you, you want to do and you can drive now so i'd like to go do things in my car with my friends rather than right and all but combine that with johnson's dominance like oh, oh 05 to 10 is a blind spot for me oh same same and honestly as much as i like there were so many years i tried to get into formula one but like oh it's lewis hamilton leading every lap and like (laughs) clinching the championship with like 10 races to go like why i i I, I had like last year last year was actually compelling like i watched more formula one than i have in my entire life because it was actually compelling i take i I had to watch um the f1 race sunday because i I had to write up the post about it for speed sport and that was the first f1 race i missed like the first couple laps i think but it, I kind of had it going in the background. So it's technically like the first F1 race I've ever watched a majority of. And I was like, oh, there was like two laps where the the leader was challenged by Max Verstappen. Yeah, there's two, la- two laps. That, and, and I think it was only because Max like came out of the pits at like just the right time. Yes. yes. Um, but other than that, pole sitter, let every lap, ran away. Like, but oh, like this, at the same yeah, time, this is F one. This is the F one. The- I know. <laughs> but at the same time, like it wasn't much like, you know, just just to quickly stay stay on F one, just real quick, um, just because first of all, it was a great Sunday for racing. I did nothing yeah. but sit on my couch and watch racing all day. It was wonderful. Yeah. And I'm so glad that um, I'm I did, not. I didn't realize the IndyCar race started so early. I was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> oh yeah, IndyCar wants no part of competing against F one or NASCAR. So, but um, we can talk about NASCAR, uh, the IndyCar race real quick too, uh, just briefly. Yeah. But like the thing about F one was like. Mercedes is actually struggling. Like Lewis Hamilton came in third, but if like a couple cars didn't blow their engines, he comes in fifth, and that's like a disappointment. That's a massive disappointment for Mercedes. And this oh, is no. the guy who's this anyway. is the guy who's like, but this is the guy who's like arguably the goat, you know. Um, but so it was cool to see Ferrari get back on yeah. for the first time in two years, um, you know. But then also teams like McLaren, who were did so well yet last year, they were a non-factor. Um, my allegiance in F1 is Pierre Gasly, just because my ancestry is French and he's French, and of course okay. his engine caught on fire and he finished last. So, but anyways, <laughs> um, what what else do you want to talk about here, NASCAR wise? Oh, so um, we're, we're going back to back to tracks that yes we, we, we want to see how this car does. So they've pretty much all checked off so far. Um, Phoenix, I really wasn't concerned about Phoenix uh, because the the last car performed a while there so i really didn't have any reason to, to be concerned that this new one wouldn't um so we we got coda this weekend and everyone's been saying oh the, the, this car's going to be awesome or it's like it's like built for road courses so i'm looking I'm, forward to it I, i'm yeah i'm very, very and i'm going to be there i'm covering it so they they seem these cars seem so much more agile and like like i i guess just because like the only like real tight corners they've had so far this year was the clash at the Coliseum. But, you know, mm-hmm. we heard several times on the broadcast, that the old car would be physically incapable of racing there because yeah. the turn, the turns were too tight. Yeah. These cars seem so much more agile and just 
just the fact that, you know, road courses in general seem to be a way of shaking up of who you generally see at the front in, in NASCAR, um, Chase Elliott aside, is, is, <laughs> is, is, is pretty interesting. So I'm just, yeah, I'm excited to see what Coda does. But, like, for me, like, the next big track that I would want to see this race at, these cars race at, is Charlotte. Just because for the last couple of years, these, these intermediate mile-and-a-half tracks, you know, aside from Las Vegas and Kansas, really, they just all felt samey. Yeah. They felt really samey and indistinguishable from each other and you know i look forward to the roval race way more than i look forward to the coca-cola 600 <laughs> like the roval race is 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 so much fun i would love to go to, to the roval race one of these days but um but like you know i'm not I, i'm not at, you know i know at the top of the show and even in text yesterday i was like we should make all a mile and a half intermediate tracks i was just i was just on the atlanta high watching that race you know um i don't think the future of nascar is making all these intermediate tracks a super speedway style of racing but at the same okay, time I'm, I'm glad i'm glad we can you, you can be reasonable about <laughs> yes this, yes i've come i've come back down from the high um but like at the same time if you're charlotte or texas it's a conversation worth having especially if you just saw what atlanta did and then you turn around and it's you know kyle larson or martin truex you know leading for 550 laps of your 600 mile race mm -hmm. and your big race on memorial day is still stuck in the shadow of monaco and in the indy 500 which yeah. it always will be to a degree but like it's always just kind of an afterthought you know but it, and it did but it didn't used to be like coke 600 was one of the biggest yeah. races of the year like there yep. was a reason they built a grandstand up in turn two yep and it's now gone um it's but no like that was yeah that's pretty much the top for me um can, can this car revitalize the coke 600 um which is weird. like races are boring to watch like but on the nascar heat games charlotte's my favorite intermediate track um it's just very weird but <laughs> it, it's like we're and we're gonna they're gonna be doing the 670 package four inch spoiler at that track all the intermediate all the intermediates except atlanta um so i really want to hoping that that could be a com compelling race because that it has not been since at least 2011 um and, and then again you know if, if these if these new cars come out and they don't put on a good show i mean then what do you do i mean nascar is not going to drop charlotte from the schedule they no. can't they, they can't that's their home track uh, so do you just make make them race the roval and that's it i mean there's no way i mean so you're just kind of in a rock and a hard place here do you, so that, that I guess that's just I guess that's just my question here is like for all the warts and all the bumps of yesterday with Atlanta we there, it was a vast improvement granted it's been one race but it was a vast yeah. improvement over the old product so then that just kind of leaves these other tracks in a hard spot because you know I don't now I don't think NASCAR wants to see a super speedway all you know because if, if you make so, so what there's already six super speedway races now yeah now now if you had texas now you've got seven i don't make think, it, i don't i don't think they're they'll do that to like if what's okay te, I, like i okay i have a soft spot for texas it's my home track i went to my first cup race there um it actually put on a good indy car race this week thankfully it, it took it took a while and, and then it and then the PJ one, the PJ one and IndyCar do not mix. It's like oil and water. They do not mix. But it was, I was, I was genuinely surprised how good that race was for IndyCar because the past couple yeah. of years it's just been a parade. But yeah, um, but I, I don't know. If, well, if anyway, you don't... I, I, I forgot. Let me let me finish. finish yeah, finish. Yeah, okay, um, it's my it's my home track. Went to my first Cup race there. 
Um, but since its inception, like starting like the year after its first race, they've been like poking and prodding, do, doing stuff with it, experimenting, repaving it, and then doing the doing what they did to turn one and two in an effort to, you know, make right problems that were made by the car um and it's that the and it's sh- it, the results of that have shown when yeah. you you see the grandstands at texas last year yeah which were just steve phelps himself like went on the record and said yeah that that is unacceptable yeah um, it, and it is and it, it is and, and north texas th- that was a racing racing city it was like they turned out and starting 10 years ago it's just like nah this this is this isn't this isn't good um i I know what you could do instead of making all these intermediate tracks super speedways at the expense of sounding like a like a a troll on twitter short tracks no no if there's like like, more more short tracks yes yes like yes absolutely um (laughs) if there's any track that just absolutely needs to be completely remodeled redone back to the drawing board it's texas um and i agree to take texas off the schedule for a year two years whatever you need to do turn that thing into a short track do do what you they're trying to do with auto club um do it i mean is there gonna be cost to it yes um but it, it if you just stay the course with texas there's like no reason it should be on the schedule within the next five years no, no absolutely absolutely not absolutely not you know i would much rather see either nascar convert these tracks to short tracks or just find an older short track somewhere that they used to race convert, these, convert the short tracks to short tracks <laughs> <laughs> or just find a pre-existing short track that they used to race at like north's worth North, North Wilkesburg, excuse me, mm. build those facilities up again and go back or, or Rockingham or something like that. And I know that's a line that's been paired it out a bunch, but like in a place like, like those tracks used to be like the hotbed of NASCAR. There is still an yeah. audience there for NASCAR. It's, you know, it's like, it's like a field of dreams. If you build it, they will come yeah. and, and they will, I mean, look at Nashville. Mm-hmm. Like Nashville last year was a huge success, and, and the race was. The, 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 you're, talking about, you're talking about the. the oh, okay. Oh, you're talking about Nashville Super Speedway. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I th- like look look at what happened with the SRX race at, at Nashville. That yep. place was packed. Yeah. That that was the biggest audience that tracks had in since two uh, the Bush Series last race there in 2000 2001 something like that. So that that was undoubtedly the biggest crowd that that place has seen since then yeah so people just want to see good exciting racing and especially with the cost mm-hmm. of tickets now um and the cost of travel and everything that's associated with going to these events you know if, if 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 it's not worth it just stay home and watch it on tv if you even watch it at all especially places like texas i don't mean you know i feel like we're picking on texas here but you know you could say the same for well, richmond it, that's a it, that's a short track well, too like richmond okay, hasn't done shit yeah yeah, that 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 okay. Going going down the list of, of tracks so that, that that like all right, what what can the next gen car do? Richmond is like number like three, um, because back in the late nineties, early two thousands, Richmond was the action track, it was and great. it lived up to the name absolutely for NASCAR worked. and IndyCar. Yeah, it absolutely lived up to the name. Outside of the the race where Carl Edwards gave the boot to Kyle Busch 
coming out turn four and, and one on the last lap. There, you really can't name one highlight moment. There, I couldn't even I couldn't even tell you who won who won Richmond last year. Bowman. Okay, yeah, cool, sure. You could have you could have said any driver, and I would have believed you. <laughs> you could have said court. You could have said you could have said um, uh, Ty Dillon. Sure, why not? <laughs> that, like, that, I, that, but that was I actually, don't remember. That was actually an interesting finish because Denny Hamlin had dominated it for the most part, and then there was like a restart with like around ten to go, and Johnson started behind Hamlin. Wasn't even oh, on the front, front row with Hamlin. I remember this now. Yes, and he yes. he managed to get by him on the restart and. took it so it was a good finish but i couldn't tell anything that happened you you have the you have the memory of a nascar reporter i have the memory of a nascar fan so and that's why this is a good dynamic that's um (laughs) sure uh we both have a blind spot from the jimmy johnson years yeah Um, but no if if, after we get past coda then we go to richmond so i want to see what this car can do there um because as of right now that track doesn't deserve two races um but if this car can show up and do what what it's hyped up to do there then hey um i'm i'm hoping to be satisfied um right you know i i don't want texas i want every race to be good race i don't want texas to be boring i don't want richmond to be boring i want this new car to put on a show and you know put some juice back in this series some juice that's been missing for the last several years um you know the more the merrier i you know i don't even necessarily like care to me like obviously i'm invested in the results and i want to see who wins like that's it's racing but like honestly i've just watched almost i've watched every race this year except for daytona obviously that's again that's a whole other category but like every race since daytona i've just watched being like oh what's gonna happen yeah you know i it's not like i don't know if like you know, if, if William Byron wins, so be it. It was still a good race. Like, I don't particularly cheer for William Byron. He's not my preferred driver, but like, I mean, he, he hasn't, it's not like he's dominating or anything. Like, he, he this was only his third win in four, five, four, four, I'm not year sure on the circuit. I couldn't tell you how long he, he's, he's been. not lit it up. Three, four, man. No, it's he has It's more than three. Uh, but he's, he hasn't been lighting it up like people thought he would. Like, he, he's the, he's the, look at his stats compared to Alex Bowman. Like, I wrote, wrote, that in the column two weeks ago it's like if you if you'd gone back three years ago and said okay these will be the stats of alex bowman and william byron after they're they've each reached hendrick motorsports would you believe me i'm like no um (laughs) and alex bowman has seven wins seven they they, at one point in sunday's race they showed a, a a graphic of the top 10 and who had the most wins and Alex Bowman had the most wins. I'm like, that's <laughs> what? <laughs> Which is just, it's, it's the Alex Bowman story is a fascinating story because, like, he should not be here. He should, but he, 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 they took a waiver on him or whatever to, to replace Alex Bowman. That's to replace Alex Bowman. <laughs> Alex <laughs> Bowman replaces Alex Bowman. To replace Dale Nardini. Rick Hendrick is running a covert cloning <laughs> operation. <laughs> is chase but, elliott the real chase elliott you heard it first on the danny mcfadden podcast. we're just asking questions <laughs> but but no they hendrick motorsports took a waiver on him the year dale jr uh was injured he showed up at phoenix that year 
and just should have won, but didn't. And then he set out a year and was their test driver, their, their simulator driver. And then after Junior retired, he was the guy. And he's he sh- he's showing up. Um, like right now, like he's bet like he's he's performing at when it comes to end results, he's doing better right now than Chase Elliott. Like, like Chase Elliott hasn't won on an oval since Phoenix at the end of 2020. Um yeah. So mm-hmm. and he's now and it's not only... like Chase Elliott's doing poorly necessarily. I mean, Chase Elliott's first some points, he just hasn't which at is least, at least like makes no sense. Like seven of the guys in the top ten right now haven't won haven't won a race yet. It's for 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 a format that's supposed to emphasize the, the wins. Um, we're not seeing that so far through five races. Right. I mean, well, I mean, also one, it's still early, but then you know, especially you see the guys like Suarez. Like I bet you a bunch of Suarez's points. He's 14th right now in standings, and I'm looking at based on wins so like they have chase elliott at sixth i mean he's 14th right now in, in in the in the standings but like a lot of his points have come from probably a bunch of all the stage points he got at fontana and yesterday so <laughs> that carries you quite a bit of ways but can we just talk speaking of daniel suarez can we just talk about how cool track house racing is yeah are, are they the, are, they're not the best team in nascar because no. that's hendrick obviously with the wins like like if i was going to introduce someone to nascar and be like this is a cool team it's track house racing is it not it's, tra- it's track house for 2311. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's either the, the team that's co owned by the most, one of the most popular athletes in the world or the, the, the team that, that's co owned by Mr. World, World, Worldwide. Mr. That, 305, Mr. Worldwide. Yeah. So, and like, like also just because like Ross Chastain is like a cool dude. Like, I've told, he, some, yeah, yeah, he, I've told it, some of my friends about him. Like, I was like, no, you got it. This Ross Chastain guy, he's cool because every time he wins, he just smashes the watermelon like Gallagher. And like that alone, like endears Ross Chastain to people. Like people, like I said to people, like, like, oh, this guy sounds cool. And like, I just love, and like, I'll show, we're on a video call right now. So the listener can't see it, obviously. But I love Daniel Suarez's uh, uh, Sugar Skull logo. It's, it's just, that is cool. That is cool. The, the look, the look and design of the cars for track house are so cool i love the tootsie scheme i love how suarez has always got the helmet cam um i hate it, that helmet cam so much i love the helmet cam i hate it i love the helmet cam it it, it i love it in formula one I love michael, it in any car i love that i love the helmet cam. michael watchup loves it i hate it um <laughs> <laughs> i love the helmet cam and i love it it's, it's almost always daniel suarez what, 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 like, what'd uh, you think of the rear spoiler cam this weekend sure it's a different way of showing the race like i have no problem with it I, I i really have no problem with it if it's if it's a different angle did you see the angle that they showed i don't know if they did it last year at formula one but in the formula one race they had a camera inside a driver's helmet like off to the corner of the screen you could see like part of his nose it was like off to like the far right side of his helmet it was like a, that was the, their helmet cam was it to like track how much he's perspiring or no it just it just it, it just shows like what he's seeing from his perspective but it's but it's you know they can't have a camera on top of his helmet like i know that graham rahal's done helmet cam for indycar um but formula one it was like literally inside of his helmet you could see like his visor it was inside the visor it was so cool i'm um, I'm, I'm pretty i'm pretty willing to like give anything a try um when it comes to, to to NASCAR, but when it comes to camera, like onboard camera angles, I, I feel I I'm pretty old school. Like, just give me a camera on the roof, or just looking straight out the window, not attached to the helmet. 
<laughs> just look <laughs> and give me one that's on the, the the rear looking back that's that's all i need you like, heard it here first folks danny mcfadden hates track house racing <laughs> number one track house hater danny mcfadden no, no. I, I think that they, they are a pretty cool team like but no, both, they're super cool both track house 2011 very very progressive teams very just trying to help lead the sport in a positive yeah well just multicultural just not closed-minded <laughs> i know um, it's it's really really encouraging to see these teams it's because you know especially with 2311 the expectations on that team are insane because of who owns it and because yeah. of Bubba wallace and because of all the spotlight that's on him yeah. for reasons beyond his control um but you know it's and they're doing well i mean Bubba wallace is an eric jones cause crash away from being in the playoffs right now he's only i think six points back he's in 18th and six points out of the last can, can, we, talk, can we talk about that save <laughs> the, well, the save before he wrecked the hit yes. him like he should have hit him like the, like, yeah. the, like i think anyone else might have hit him but yeah that that save was incredible at las vegas yes. to avoid hitting him that was that was wow um that, that was but, amazing. but Bubba Wallace is just there because because of the color of his skin, Daniel. That's what people on Twitter say. He's not a good race car driver. I just I would just like to take a picture of his trophy case. So. I know, right? I know it's it's so dumb. Um, I no, Bubba Wallace is great. Uh, I, and I, Danica I, Patrick's only there. No, not Danica Patrick. Uh, Haley Deegan's only there because she she looks pretty. Again, trophy case. Trophy case. Um, trophy case is, is as well. I'm yep. We're on the same page here. Um, also, uh, I just love seeing uh. Tyler Reddick do well. I, I, that that win's going to come so soon. Oh yes, he's a wheel man. Yeah, Um, he's incredible. Love cheering for that guy. So love to see the success that he's he's having. Um, and just Chevy's in general so far just have it figured out. Like like Hendrick's doing well, but then like you know we spoke to Trackhouse Racing, uh, their Chevys, uh, Austin Dillon, and you know he's had two really bad runs the last couple weeks just because he's been involved in accidents he didn't cause. Mm -hmm. Um, but. You know, he's been running really well the last couple of weeks. His points, even if his points don't reflect it, Eric Jones has run well. Just Chevy's yeah. across the board, by and well, by and large, it seems like they got this figured out so far. Eric Jones was going to finish like sixth or seventh before he, he wrecked at uh, Las Vegas. Um, Tyler Reddick, he, he, if, if he hadn't had to start from the rear and also, you know, then spun out at Vegas, he probably would have finished top five uh, yep. rather than seventh. And then, so. you know, Denny Hamlin is doing very, I mean, here are drivers who are currently ahead of Denny Hamlin in the standings. Corey LaJoy, yeah. Ty Dillon, Justin Haley, Chris Buescher. And now, you know. Well, yeah, Denny, it's, he, it's, hasn't, he, hasn't finished, he hasn't finished better, better than the 13th yet this year. Yeah, he's, um, and, you know, and again, you expect that team to, and just Joe Gibbs in general just hasn't really been on the ball this year. Um, I say that as Kyle Busch and Martin Truex are both in the playoff standings right now, but like, they don't pass the eye test necessarily. Kyle Bush is two laps away from a win. Um, for sure. Then, yeah. Then next, Eric Jones, uh, Rex. And, and Martin Truex Jr. was second at the same time. So um, just wrong place, wrong time. That's really, yeah, it's for really sure. it. Um, for sure. But, you like, know, hats who, off hats off to 2311 racing, though, just because Kurt Bush is, is doing really well. And Bubba Wallace, you know, like I said, he's he's an Eric Jones caused incident away from being in the playoffs as well. And like I said, the spotlight on that team is astronomical uh and especially for kurt bush just to, to to 
Because like you said, these last couple of weeks, it's like, wait, he came where? Like, like the broadcast almost never mentions him. And then you see him at the end, he's kind of top five, top 10. Um, the transition that both he and Ross Chastain have had to these new teams, it's been almost seamless. Perhaps and Bush time, was so. also in, in, in kind of involved in one of the incidents earlier in the race Sunday. Yes. So, mm-hmm. but again, this car, just, just speaking to Ross Chastain, he, he's leading, going, going into turn one and two, loses his right, right rear tire, just fishtails, smacks the wall. Mm-hmm. No one else hits him, which is amazing. Um, a year ago, that car's done. Like, yeah, Ross Chastain's done. Um, yeah, the whole rear's the whole rear's crumpled and destroyed, and then you know it's all pushed on the tire, and the tires are cut down, and then yeah, it's it's done, over. I actually think, and I'm just now coming up with this because of the durability of this car. NASCAR might need to like revisit the damaged vehicle policy thing, which is like I think it's six minutes. I, I want to say where you have to repair the car and then get back out on the track and get the speed. That that that's a rule from from that was applied for a car that can't take the beating that this right. car car can. So maybe revisit that in in some capacity. Just like there there was a lot of debate, you know, last week about uh, the lug nut rule mm-hmm. um, after Corey LaJoy. Um, at his incident at Phoenix, which I get, like that—that that was a rule that was applied when there was five lug nuts, and you ha- could potentially have a short-term advantage from only se- properly securing four, maybe three. Um, but now you just got one, and there there is no advantage no. to um, uh, just to, to not properly securing that one lug nut. Um, <laughs> but the. LaJoy thinks some uh like intent should be measured in that to some degree. But I I don't I don't know, but I, that's I a slippery like, slope. It's hard to measure intent. I, I just think the severity of the punishment needs to be maybe re rethought because four four races a four race suspension for the crew chief and two other crew members might be too much at this point in, in this era. I'll leave that to NASCAR reporters like you. I, I genuinely, <laughs> I genuinely have no, have no thoughts on that matter. Um, okay. I mean, I, I mean, I obviously right. get where I, I get where NASCAR is coming from because you don't want a loose tire running down, <laughs> running down a racetrack. I get that. Um, <laughs> but again, at the same time, I do see where, where Corey Joy is coming from just because, you know, this is a whole different NASCAR. Speaking of taking a beating, I, I, I'm always excited for Martinsville. I've never been this excited for Martinsville. Really? Yes. Because like, We've seen guys push each other out of the way and bump and beat each other up and, be- and you know, banging mm-hmm. each other there. And now you've got a car that's not going to immediately cut the tire if you if you hit a guy the wrong way. Like, I think we're going to see yeah. some really aggressive short track racing. I think this Martinsville race is going to be great. I'm really looking forward. I, like I said, I'm always excited for Martinsville. Like, this is the most excited <laughs> for Martinsville I've ever been. It's like, I'm like a okay. kid on Christmas. That's what. Under in, the lights, um, too. So. Um... That, and the spring race is under the lights now? Are they, are, are it, has both, been, are, it has been for the last two years. I thought both Martinsville. Were, well, I, th- I knew that. That's right. I, yeah, see, again, they both they they both technically end under the lights. They end at night. That's right. So, that's right. That's right. That's so, which right. I, I I hate that. I want. I don't. The TV TV start times are just a whole other. Like, <laughs> you gotta gotta think about the West Coast. No, you. If the if the West Coast can get up at six a.m. to watch uh, an NFL game in Europe, oh, that's, that's <laughs> and, way and, different. And, 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 no, 
No, that's way like, different, buddy. How early do like San Francisco fans have to get up to watch their 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 team when they're playing on the East Coast? They do I, it. Football's in a category all by itself, man. It just it's football is an unstoppable behemoth. The NFL can put a game on Mars, and people would still pay money to go watch it in on Mars. Uh, it, it, you, they could they could do they could put an NFL game on every day of the week and they would just dominate everything. It's just NASCAR just does not have that. I mean, they obviously have a, have, they have a West coast audience. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying they don't, but like, just you're asking a whole different sex of fans to do two different completely things. The Pepsi so. 400 used to start at like 10 AM. Maybe or was it was 11 AM. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. All right. Oh, so. could you imagine? I can't imagine. Like there's like that's 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 just never gonna happen again. It's just not. I I, I mean I just, the the Indy five hundred used to be at eleven. Now it's at one. And like even here locally, when it got pushed back to one, people threw a fit here. So um, I get it. But like NASCAR, it's not even NASCAR's call. It's the network's no, it's call. it's the networks. It, it it's good. It's still just it's the new normal. You you can chase the ratings without being desperate about it. <laughs> like, I mean. NASCAR, I would. I, I'm curious to see what the ratings are for for uh, not Phoenix, excuse me, for Atlanta, just because you had the NCAA tournament going on. So I wonder what. The, but you know, NASCAR week in week out to start the season's been the most watched thing on TV on TV every Sunday, ever since it started. So uh, the, like, well, at one least thing the most watched me, sporting event, I should say. The, most the one thing that surprised me event. was that the, the, a cup race beat Coach K's like final home game at, at Duke. I was like, oh. That's kind of surprising. I, I would have actually <laughs> expected that to, to beat NASCAR, maybe, but that that just tells you what I know. Yeah, um, and, and, it, and it happened that way because they started at three o'clock, Daniel. That never would have happened if it started at eleven a.m. <laughs> I don't know. Like, here's the thing: I don't want want races to start at eleven a.m. No, but like mm-hmm. one, g- g- give me one. <laughs> like, nope. Three o'clock. Four thirty. Well, Four thirty for races on the West Coast. Two, two, well, two Central, two Central, my time. Yep. Um, so, okay, other tracks that you you're you're wanting to see the next gen cart for? Uh, we did Richmond, Charlotte, uh, Dover. For me, yeah, yeah, Dover could be one. You know, I bold prediction, bold prediction. I think Daniel Suarez is going to win Dover. Was he in contention to win there last year? He that's he's he said that's his favorite track. He won there in Xfinity. Um, he's always showed well, even uh, for every every t- you know he's hopscotch throughout his whole career. All these different teams, yeah. he's always shown very well there. He's spoken to how much he loves racing at that track, um, and he's been really good to start the season. I just think that there's that's my for any for any degenerate gamblers out there. That's my dark horse. <laughs> that's my dark horse pick when it comes to Dover. Well, he. He he should have won Bristol Dirt last year. Like, oh yeah, that 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 should have been his, his. And then I can't I can't remember what caution kind of threw a wrench in that. Probably Ryan um, Blaney because Ryan Blaney was in like three wrecks last year. <laughs> but like if you look at pictures of his car, like half his car is falling. <laughs> so good. But no, and he, didn't he finish in the top ten with that car? If I remember, yeah, right? I think he's like twelfth or something. No, he yeah he had a very strong, very strong but, finish. But yeah. no, like. Sora surprised everyone and himself with how he did on, on Bristol Dirt, and he should have won. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to see what he could do there. Uh, but no, Dover, Dover is never Dover. 
Dover puts on like one good race like every five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it does, it's good. But mm, uh, like Kyle, Kyle Larson was going to just run away with that race last year. And then Alex Bowman had a really good pit stop that got him in the lead and he was able to get the win. So Dover for me, what, any, what others for you? Um, you know, I know that we're talking about road courses and how this car is built for road course. Coda's, it, it's so different from a lot of these other road courses because that track was built for F1. Mm-hmm. It's so long. It's so, it's a very European track. So I think like, uh, oh, what do they call Sears Point now? Sonoma. Sonoma. So, Sonoma. Sonoma so uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you, 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 t- t- tell me you're a 90s NASCAR fan without telling me you're a 90s NASCAR <laughs> yeah, fan. Like, I always call it Sears Point. I, 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 you know, potato, potato. I think Sonoma will give a better indication for like tracks like Watkins Glen or the Indy Road Course. I'm still really excited for the Indy Road Course. I thought last year's race was fun. Yeah. I know it was a, I know it was a shit show, but I I thought it was fun. I'm excited to see what it'll do. Let me let me look through the schedule here. Just going down. You said Dover, um, and then it's Texas. Oh, three straight weeks in May. Texas, Texas, Charlotte. Wait, say that again. Te- Texas, Texas, Charlotte. Is that what you said? Oh no, I'm sorry. It's I, I, it's it's the All Star opening, the All Star race on yeah, the same night. Yeah. But either okay. way, back to back to back weeks. Texas and Charlotte. I know the All Star race is the All Star race, but still, we're going to learn something there. Two straight weeks where we learned something. Oh, Worldwide Technology Raceway. It's a, it's a, it's a, how, how would you call it inter, uh, Worldwide I, Technology? I call it Gateway. I'm, I'm not. No, no. Would you call it? <laughs> is it, is it, is it a short track? Is it? Oh, oh. Um, it's like, it's, it's one, it, it's 1.3, 1. 1. right? 1.3, 1. 1.2, something like that. If, if yeah. it's, a, if it's, it, it has to be under a mile to be a short track. So is, is it an intermediate track then? Cause like it drives like a short track. I mean, it's it's got that paper clip design where yeah, it turns uh, one and two are really wide, and turns or what turns one and two are really narrow, and turns three and four really wide. It's 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 got its own flavor. IndyCar's put on a good show the last several years. Um, the truck the trucks have been racing there for a couple of years, haven't they? Yeah, I mean they they raced there a lot in like the early two thousands and then left and then came back. But yeah, I, I I think that'll be fun. I just oh Loudon, Loudon's been good. For like the last three years it like it, so, it somehow has. somehow the the track finally met this point with the car and then you actually throw in the pj1 um where it's it like, like oh this this is this is this is what this race this is what this track can do it, it was one of the few races where like the pj1 actually worked yeah it, like it, where, yeah. where you felt like it added something to the yeah. race because so many of these tracks it's like okay it's just it's just a now you just have a black strip on the track where no one wants to go mm-hmm. Like, cool. No, great. Like, uh, for 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 years and years, you just New Hampshire was a race. Like, all right, let's just let's just get this over with. Um, but the last three years, the the race where Harvick gave the boot to Kyle Busch was like eight to go. Um, <laughs> that were where Harvick and Denny Hamlin were drag racing, coming to the, to the checkered flag and making contact. And then last year, like you had in the middle of the race, like Ryan Blaney, Brad Keselowski, just having this freaking amazing like very watchable battle and it went on for a little bit and a little bit and then i think blaney and hamlin had their own battle maybe that was the year before i don't know but no new hampshire like finally met its moment and you're but yeah you're right i i I, if they don't apply the pj1 which 
they didn't last year, but there was still some left. Um, Daniel, they, it's 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 March. It's not it's not one fine moment. It's one shining moment. <laughs> Get your corporate synergy branding correct. Come on. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> Luther Vandross no, no, would be yeah, very disappointed. But yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely, New Hampshire is on that list. What, what, yeah, what else I, is left? And then we start to repeat races again, like back to Daytona. Okay. And, and, oh, and, and I can't like wait. That, so. Okay, you're you're excited for Martinsville. I can't wait for Darlington. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I'm I'm always excited for oh, Darlington. I I cannot wait to see what this car does. That with once the tires are gone, mm-hmm. with that with just that four inch spoiler. Darlington's my favorite track. Um, and, and now this, the Darlington stripe won't be nearly as costly because, again, these cars can take a beating. You're not going to see so yeah. many flat tires. You're going to see guys slip and slide a bit more but not suffer the consequences as drastically. So, um, no, I'm with you. I, I, I've always been a fan of Darlington. I went to Darlington once, like 2007. Um, so but I, I would love to go back. It was a great – the one time I was there was great. I would love to get back there. Uh, what do you say we make a trip sometime? Oh, I'm I'm down. Podcast I'm, I'm, on the road. <laughs> like <laughs> right, right now, right now I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to attend Gateway with Crow. Um, cool. Hope I'm hoping that that it, those certain like job things happen. I probably won't get to. Um, right. But that that would be my like one race as a fan this year. Are you going to try and make it to Indy like you did last year? If someone pays. Yeah. to go yeah. i understand <laughs> I, I i understand um anything else you want to talk about so okay so we we, we briefly kind of touched on it earlier about <clears throat> sports sports entertainment and i'm i'm guessing so you you read the the athletic story today that jordan wrote yeah that, that were that where he interviewed marcus smith and in that story there's a quote from him that which I then then included in my my column that we'll publish tomorrow, um, where Marcus Smith said, "This is a sports entertainment business, and we served up a really entertaining weekend of racing here, and people are just going nuts over the sports entertainment business part of that quote, um, and saying that's like comparing it to like the WWE or." something like that like they, they, they really hate it i'm like it's it's a sport it's a thing that entertains us for three hours every week and it's a business <laughs> um like, there's no lies detected um and others are saying well there's there's a fine line between doing something for the sport and like e- exploiting it for business reasons and whatever um so what what like sports entertainment business like what what do you what jumps into your mind when, when Marcus Smith says NASCAR is a sports entertainment business? That's literally what every sports entity or league is. It's a sport entertainment business. I mean, what's the NBA without entertainment? Mm. You know, like, like imagine, let's hypothetically, let's say that the NBA made it illegal to dunk. <laughs> like you can no longer do a slam dunk. Are you, like, like that's, that there, there goes like imagine what the NBA would be like if like LeBron James could no longer dunk the ball or Giannis could no longer dunk a ball, or like and then and then on top of that, let's say they got rid of the three point line, mm. so everything's worth two, but you can't dunk. 
so like i mean great you know it's just the these leagues are in the business of making money and putting butts in seats yeah and delivering a viable entertaining product now i do think when people see sports entertainment they automatically think it's fair to think wwe because that's how they that's how they market themselves that's how they brand themselves that's one of their identifiers like they they totally own you know at sports entertainment can kind of be seen as like a sellout like label mm. and like the wwe totally wraps its arms around it and they totally embrace that identity um they, it's it's part of their shamelessness that sells that's so appealing about wwe um so i get the concern there but at the same time if there's no entertainment then what is it? It's, it's, yeah. it's just, you know, we're kind I of want, I want to be entertained for three hours. I, I do I, too. I don't, I don't we were, want- we were, we were texting about this yesterday. I was just like, you know, because I saw people on Twitter just, this was such a polarizing race and I understand why. There seems like there's hardly anyone in the middle, which is why Brad Koslowski's comments were kind of refreshing. But, you know, these, these, like for the people who didn't want, who thought that Atlanta is now permanently ruined and this, this, what was what what once was a great track is now just completely uh lost any sort of appeal to them ne- like what's the option here do you want to watch kyle larson lead all these laps again or or insert yeah. driver x not just picking on kyle larson because that that's the most recent uh, that's what he did have. last year that's what he did last year <laughs> or like or like martin truex how he dominated at uh, the coke 600 that one year like like you can you can stick to your purity or your so-called you know uh what you would consider purity you can stick to that but it's those same people who would rather have the old way who would then turn around and wonder well why why is no one watching nascar Mm -hmm. what what, what do you think and it just feels like and especially like all sports leagues have these have these people who you know are kind of hesitant to change and and I, I, i totally understand that that's a reasonable um that's a reasonable feeling to have sometimes it's totally fair um, I've been on that side of things too. Um, but, you know, I kind of lost my point. No, no. So it just feels like, um, like it feels like NASCAR could like resurrect Dale Earnhardt and people would still find a way to like bitch about it. And it, it's just, it, it just feels yeah. like, it just feels like, um, it just feels like you, I don't know. I just, I feel like NASCAR and, you know, props to the people at Atlanta Motor Speedway because, like you said earlier, nobody was asking for this like literally no one was asking for this but they went ahead and did it anyway and now you know they're you know they're sitting in the sun on this you know it's kind of saying told you so i just i i it's it's it just we're just at the point now and part of this is just because social media is just everywhere and everyone has opinion about yeah. everything all the time constantly but like it just gets to the point where it just it just becomes exhausting and like like sometimes it's okay to not have an opinion on something like when atlanta first announced these changes last year i was like okay sure well i literally didn't care it's just like i all i know all i all i knew was that the old way had become really boring and i was never excited about atlanta anymore and i was open to something new yeah and hey if it didn't work if it's on the other side and the race was still boring yesterday i'd have been like well you know Atlanta is still Atlanta, but you know, props to the people who took a risk and it worked. Um, I, yeah. Here's how I look, like look at it: like every year that we would go to Atlanta, you'd see the highlight reel of Atlanta. And that highlight reel was Dale Earnhardt, Bobby Labonte's photo finish in that in 2000, Kevin Harvick's 
Jeff Gordon's photo finish, 2001. Mm-hmm. And then the Jimmy Johnson, Carl Edwards photo finish, 2005. And they didn't even include anything from like the Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson duel 2011. I think it was 2011. Yeah, something like that. So they, they didn't even include that. And that was really like the last memorable highlight reel moment that that track had seen mm-hmm. in a decade. Um, Didn't Atlanta also used to be like the second race on the schedule? Um, for a little bit, yeah. So like you go from the Daytona 500 like that's your marquee race you're trying to get all the you know you're trying to grow your audience and like you know trying to reach the casual fan like here's our big race here's how good of a show we can put on now come back next week and watch this race at atlanta and like and just just the wind just goes out of the sails yeah um well that's well this is my thing that one one thing i hate about having the day 2500 as the first race of the year is what you just mentioned um you have this huge super bowl spectacle first race of the year but you, you no matter how many people you draw in that are new they're going to see this and if for whatever reason they decide hey I'll, I'll tune in the next week you're not getting that same thing you're not you're not getting what's representative of the sport right um so that's one thing i've always really resented about having the super bowl of nascar the first race of the year is that, to it's be fair, that that style of racing to be fair with the way this season's gone I really yeah. feel like NASCAR's had a lot of momentum week to week to week. Like there really hasn't been hardly any drop off. Like I, I think NASCAR's really, you know, found a really nice stride here with this new car. Um, and props to them. I, I think every week I'm excited now. I don't know. If I, 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 part of me suspects this will just be maybe a one year thing, just because you know everything's so new with this new car. We don't know what's yeah. going to happen. But like, I haven't been this excited to like sit down and watch a NASCAR race week to week in a very long time. And, it, and, and like anecdotally, I, I see people people comment like on Facebook or on Reddit or whatever saying, yeah, I haven't watched NASCAR regularly in like 10, 15 years. And I haven't missed a race yet this year. It's like, okay, all right. That's great. That's great. <laughs> That's, That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's it just feels like they're on the upswing. It just feels like these after these last couple of years of just kind of just being stuck in this, you know, 550 horsepower limbo. It just feel I, like the, the sport's in a good spot. I'll just put it that it's in a really good spot. Um, as an IndyCar fan, I'm very jealous <laughs> because like the last couple of years, it's like, Oh, Michael Jordan's a new owner with a new team and Pitbull's a new owner, new co-owner with a new team. And IndyCar just has the same names with the same people doing well, the same and in, in car's defense they've actually their fields have increased they have significantly in like the last three years the fields so. have increased but it just the new teams coming in like they're these like little mom pop comparative mm-hmm. mom pop yeah. teams and it's not like there's this big splash of like big new owner joins indycar well i mean roger penske buying the sport um i think kind of takes that place to degree don't you think like, yes 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 i wish roger penske would have bought indycar 20 30 years ago <laughs> there never would have been <laughs> there never would have been the split or any of the things that happened after that and that's a whole other podcast but um yeah it's just it's just like you see like you know we mentioned 
2311 and track house racing like you know, these are teams who are competing in nascar trying to change the business model of nascar to a degree and an indycar that's just not happening and there's a reason for that you know they're like, like there's a reason why you know danica patrick was the golden goose and now this year there's not going to be a single woman in the indy 500 there's not even a single woman running full-time in the sport like there's a reason for that and we both know why <laughs> like it's not like like danica patrick was the golden goose she was your most popular driver by far and away she was the only recognizable driver the indycar had and she's he, been he, actually he, helio castro nevis <laughs> no i love elio but like danica by far and away had the notoriety that elio never had part of partly that's just because she's a woman and i'm not that's just the way it is um but you know you had this golden opportunity to get you know last night last time i checked women were 51 percent of the population in the country <laughs> there's more women than men um <laughs> You have a you had a chance here to really get like a grassroots thing going, where you could bring more women into the, into the sport, bring people into the sport, and new blood, and now she's gone. And the only reason that uh, Simona Di Silvestro was in the 500 last year was because that team got a lot of money from Penske, and now that team likely isn't going to be back to the 500 next year. Why is that? I wonder why. It's not it's just not asking to, questions. It's not, it's not, it's not hard to read the tea leaves. Like if yeah. you want, if, if you want to do it, you would do it, but they're not. You're Roger Penske. You own the series. You are the most, you're by far and away the most wealthy owner of the series. If you just, you know, say the word, it would get done. It happened last year. We have the proof is in the pudding. Mm -hmm. If you would do it, if you wanted to do it, if you really meant what you said, when you talked about changing IndyCar and making it more inclusive, more forward thinking you would do it and to their credit they have the road to indy they have uh, ernie francis in the indy light series black yeah. driver with the black owned team that's cool let's do more i don't want there to be a token <laughs> you know um, which is you know very the, the criticism you're laying out are all valid but it's very weird to say that about indycar because when you put it up against nascar it's a much more diverse series like yes yes in terms far of, away yes in terms um, of what the drivers look like their nationality yeah. yes for sure for sure so i mean it, so what, you're just you just want them to do better and we, 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 yeah that's what i'm trying so, to say I, yeah i'm criticizing yeah. because i care yes. i want them to do better and like i'm not like i'm not bashing it's all comes from a place of love because these things that i that i like i enjoy auto racing i want to see it do better and thrive and prosper and thrive and i don't want to see it just be especially IndyCar. I don't want to see it just stay in this lane where it just appeals to like Midwestern white men in their fifties. I just don't like not to say those guys yeah. aren't welcome in the sport anymore. Yeah. They absolutely are, but like it's for everyone. So, Oh yeah, absolutely. So what, what, what did you think of Jimmy Johnson and his first top 10 oh, was almost a top five, almost a top five. He was running fifth with a couple laps there to go. I, you know, good for him. I'm really happy to see him uh, succeed. You know, honestly, just the fact that he's even competed in any car at all is a testament to his talent. Cause you know, the, these cars are completely different. And I think his best finish before like, yesterday was what, like 17th. Like he's, he's basically been a non-factor whenever he's been in a car. So to see him yeah. in an environment that he's comfortable with and like there at the end, he was making some really bold moves. Like he was yeah. passing guys on the outside. Um, and he was passing um, like Simon Pagano, who's a series champion and an 8,500 winner. And he yeah. was up there competing. And he passed Scott Dixon who's probably the greatest IndyCar driver of all time. It's certainly of his generation. So um, it was really impressive to see. And he's doing the 500 this year. And I'm really looking forward to that. 
I, I tweet I tweeted yesterday, like, let's build can we build a time machine so we could send Jimmy Johnson back to the early 2000s so he could thrive in IRL? Oh yeah. Oh, he would have crushed it. Yeah, he would have absolutely crushed it. Because like early 2000s IRL, like who was there? Like it was there was Elio and like Paul Tracy and Jill DeFerrin. Um, like that's that's kind of it. Scott Dixon wasn't quite Scott Dixon yet. I mean, two thousands IRL was not good. <laughs> like you had like yeah, like hey man, Sam those Warren. races at Texas were amazing. Oh yeah, <laughs> so. no, 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 they were always no. The races at Texas were the races at Texas are always amazing, except for the last couple with the PJ ones. Although yesterday was uh, hope cause for optimism. So, but yeah, no, I'm excited to see Jimmy doing well. Um, and like I said, I can't wait to see him at the five hundred. So, like to my memory. Jimmy Johnson's like the first guy who's ever gone from NASCAR to IndyCar. Like, ev- like, like Foyt and Andretti don't count because they were never full-time. Um, and they, they were like bouncing back and forth all the time. I but mean, no- yeah. I mean, well, Montoya went from IndyCar to F1 to NASCAR, then back to IndyCar. But I get what you're saying. Just straight up cup car guy going into IndyCar. And same with Dario Franchitti. Like he did. IndyCar, NASCAR, and then back. I know, but I just going straight cup career into IndyCar. I can't think of anyone, at least anyone of consequence off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah anyone of consequence. So that's, um, and that's I know Cody, like Cody Ware did a race in IndyCar last year. I think he did, I think he did like one or two ovals, but not a full time, yeah, not a full time thing racing for a team that wasn't, you know, a family thing. Yeah. Um, I can't, I can't and the fact that. that he's doing it at his age is remarkable. Mm-hmm. um but i also kind of like, like hate that it's taking a jimmy johnson who was i don't don't want to say washed up in nascar but he, he he wasn't jimmy johnson anymore in, in nascar no, no he wasn't it, it, it sucks that it's taking a driver of his caliber at that point in his career to go to indycar it's like man like if, if he had like because it's, wanted, it's it it's if the money. Like, if he'd won his final championship, which he, he in 2016, if he had won that and then said, "You know what, Mike dropped. I'm going IndyCar racing." He's like, "Oh, all right." Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but the money, comparatively, is just astron. It's it's not even close. I mean, yeah, it's a, the purse for the Daytona 500 is what like 40 million, like the uh, first last 23 million. I, I would need to look it up. I'm not, I'm not. I th- like, I'm pretty sure the purse is like either way. Like the purse for the 500 last year was like 7 million or maybe 12 million. Well, it's, I know it's, I it's know almost it's a two to one. Game. There's at least been one race since the 500 this year where the purse was like 8 million. So then, then, yeah. then, then, then it was a very, very big drop to what the purse was for Xfinity. For, <laughs> like it, it was significant. For the- for the 2020 Daytona 500, the purse was 23.6 million. For IndyCar, it's like 12 million, and it was seven before Penske bought it and put a bunch of money into the the purse. Yeah. And like, and that's the Indy 500, 12 million. You said what race was the purse was eight million? What, the, what the, the, yeah, there was what, one of the races since the 500 this year was around okay. eight. Was around eight million. And that's just a average run of the mill. NASCAR and then the Indy yeah. 500 the marquee race of the series is only paying 12 like the money is just wow. you're just not I mean you, you wonder why Sam Hornish made the jump it's and Dan- Danica Patrick made the jump it's like because they could come in like 15th but still make a decent living yeah like it's not it's not even close so um 
I sound I sound like I'm like the like the most like cynical ADC fan in the world. I'm not. I promise you. I'm not. I promise you. And I'm very happy that Roger Penske owns the t- owns the series now because it's it's definitely going in a much better direction than what. Can it was. you explain to me why everyone's in a rush to get Colton Herta into F1? Because Colton Herta wants to go to F1. Like, I mean, simple as, simple as that. Colton Herter wants to go to F1. A lot of these guys want to go to F1. Um, Alexander Rossi was supposed to be in F1, but he wasn't good enough, so he came back to IndyCar. Pato Award has stated, I want to be in Formula One. He grew up in Mexico watching Formula One. That's what he wants to do. Um, also, again, talk about money. You think there's a disparity between IndyCar and NASCAR? <laughs> IndyCar and Formula One? Are you kidding me? Like, the, the entry fee for F1 is yeah. $200 million. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, Andretti wants, you know, Michael Andretti wants to get a, a team together to yeah. go go do F1 racing. And Colton Herter grew up on the West Coast watching Formula One, and he wants to be a Formula One guy. And, you know, honestly, it would suck to lose him from the 500 that's, that, points. That's, what, that's, that's my thing. It's like, okay, he, 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 Herter, he has the Herter name. Anyone who's followed IndyCar for the last 25 years knows who <laughs> Brian Herter is. Um he's young he's an american i know there's not an american in f1 so i get that's part of it kevin magnuson disagrees but now i get what you <laughs> i get what you're saying I, I understand what you're saying um, um but, but I, it's like why, why are we trying to like rush him out the door like you should be fighting to keep him um that, that's I, that's I, I, I completely agree bizarre. i completely agree um you know for a lot of these guys f1 is the dream and indycar is a way to get them there um and even guys like uh, fernando alonso and joseph newgordon have said that you know more license points because to race in f1 you have to have license points um there's some sort of licensing program you have to have points to qualify for f1 for whatever reason indy cars doesn't really count for a lot of points and like fernando alonso has said change it joseph newgarden has advocated saying change it he races an indy car you know i don't it would suck to see Colton Herta go because he's really good. He has potential to be the best of his generation. But at the same time, like, would you rather, would you rather be doing double headers at Iowa Speedway or racing in Monaco? You know, it's well, just, uh, when I, you put it that way, it's like, well, duh. Like, I mean, I, and the 500 like, will always the be The last there. 10 years have been dominated by one dude who's finished oh. the, on the podium. Apparently, I think the number was 183 podiums yeah, yeah. for Lucy. I was like, but hey. Like what? Formula One has a new chassis design this year, a whole new car. Mercedes isn't doesn't appear to be as dominant yet as they have been in recent years. Um, and also, you know, Formula One's popularity is just because of the Netflix series. It's just gone. It's gone through the roof, and um, it's really if you're IndyCar, I mean, it's really hard to kind of. It's been really hard to grow the sport in the last couple of years. I mean, the thing with IndyCar that you always hear is we need more ovals, and they go to ovals, and no one's there okay why, why should we do this then um so i i don't know it's it's in a indy is in a really weird transition spot right now there's a lot of things going on but you know yeah i, I will just say that i'm glad roger penske's in charge and not tony george <laughs> I am so I, everyone is in agreement on that so but to answer your question just follow the money I mean, the money in f1 is <laughs> it's not even close i just and like i just look at i just like i know you said they got a new car in f1 but i just like for my entire life just I, I would see an F1 race and I would see that the pole sitter won and I would see no passing at all after the first lap. I'm like, why is this the most popular racing league in the in the world? I don't get it at all. Um 
we're just we're just we're just two americans that love to turn left hey i like road courses sir no i like road courses too so (laughs) i like i like road courses too i like road courses too i it's just it's just uh i think it's just a a culture thing you know reading this book i'm reading now faster by neil bascom (laughs) get it to the nearest bookstore um but you know the, all these these first races that started in Europe, they were all road courses. They weren't ovals. It's just that's just in their DNA over there. The way that ovals are in our DNA here in America. So it's just a cultural thing, I think. But but yeah, if you, if you're given the choice here, you could you could be the most successful indie indie car driver and make. I'm just I'm not I have no conception of how much money they make. I'm just throwing out a number. <laughs> Say you're the most successful indie car driver. You win every race. Win the championship you're beating the pants off everyone and you're making 3 million a year, or you could be the worst formula one driver and get like 20 a year. What are you going to do? And you get to travel the world, travel the world, race all over the world, come in last place, every race, never be a factor, but you're making like four or five times the money. Well, reputation wise, I'd rather be considered the best of something. And that's fair. And there's, there's no wrong option. There's no wrong. There's no wrong answer there, but like, you understand why option B is still alluring. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So I don't know. It, we'll all fit. We'll, we'll save that for the Colton Herda podcast after the, the Col- or something. <laughs> coming to coming to a podcast near you, the Colton Herda podcast. The Colton Herda story, sponsored by GameBridge. Um, right. so did know. we did we run out of racetracks that we, we we're looking forward to the next gen car? Yeah, at? I think yeah, we did. I think we did. But hey, Coda's Pocono, be fun. Pocono. They still I, race I, Pocono. Yeah, I thought they took Pocono off the schedule. Uh, I, they took one of the two. I am I am dubious about Pocono. <laughs> I, I'm I'm dubious to say the least. Although if 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 Pocono does well, I think NASCAR should explore testing these new cars on the oval at Indy. I mean, funk, I, they're, they're, eventually gonna, the they're eventually going to go back to the oval. Um, probably within. I think I think they'll they'll give if I had to, they could guess they'll give the, the road course two more years. So you have like a three year trial. You get the new yeah. car now. We'll, we'll see. Ooh, I don't know. But, so I think 2024, they might be back on the mobile. I, I, I'm dubious. Again, dubious. So, but hey, <laughs> I, right. I, wanted, I wanted to succeed. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to, because yeah. I, I went to the Brickyard a bunch growing up, loved it, fun race, and they repaved it in 08. And that was the end of that. So, um, but we'll see. We'll save that for later this summer. So, but in all the right. meantime, all right. So, I think that will do it for this inaugural episode of Dropping the Hammer for 2022. This was fun, man. It was like, fun. Thanks for having was, me. This, this was really good. So, next this weekend is uh, Coda. Who's your pick to win at Coda? Uh, put me on the spot. What are even thinking? Um, I don't want to say Chase Elliott. It wouldn't surprise me if you won, but I don't want to say Chase Elliott because that seems obvious. <laughs> um, you know, is there any like special one-off road course racer for this race? Uh, Boris said, I believe. Is he really? <laughs> Good for that guy. You know what? Man. Joey Hand. Joey Hand. That's I'd... not a real name. You just made that up. <laughs> There's no way. There's no one named. He's got a press conference tomorrow. So (laughs) good for him. I still don't believe you. That's 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 a a simulation. Um, you know, I'm gonna go. 
man, this is so tough. You know, is it is it boring to say Austin Cindric? Not yet. I mean, he's only won once in the cup series. That's true. You know what? Is almond is Almondinger doing this? Yeah. Uh, me, pretty sure. Give me the dinger. Going with the dinger. Okay. All right. Going, that's my pick. You heard it here first. The All right. Dinger. Well, I, I interviewed Tyler Reddick a few weeks back, and I asked him what track he was most looking forward to getting to in the next drink car, and he said Kona. Cool. So if he wins, I will gladly go to Cheddar's. <laughs> I, will so, gladly, I will gladly support Cheddar's. Give, like, I, I haven't even looked at what his road course record has been up to this point, um, but given how he's been performing up to this point this season and his excitement for it, I'm going to take Tyler Reddick to win and get finally, finally get his first NASCAR Cup Series victory. Just looking at Daytona road course finishes, he finished uh, 38th and 18th. But that's Daytona's a whole different animal than what Cody is. But yeah, sure, why not? I like him a lot. I'd be happy to see him win in any fashion, be it road course or oval or whatnot. So uh, I would gladly uh, go to Cheddar's to support Mr. Reddick. So why not? <laughs> the Dinger and Reddick. So, so right now, like the, the modern era record for first time winners in the season is five, which is back in 2011. Um, so we, we've already had Austin Cedric uh, and Briscoe and Briscoe. So that's two. And we have viable options in Reddick, Chastain, and Suarez. Mm-hmm. So that could get us to five. Um, getting, getting past that is, I think it's, it's tough, but. Talladega and Daytona are always crapshoots. And then with rain shortened races, you never know. So not that I'd say that that would necessarily be impressive with the rain shortened race, but like, you know. Well, what I'm saying is like, like if all that were to happen, it might be a very long time before we saw another like real, like Harrison Burton, I, I, I think he's talented. He, he, he hasn't come out to shoot very well. Not, not having a great year at all. No. But he's someone who could maybe potentially pull a rabbit out of his hat. Yeah. Um, Todd Gilland. We'll see. Um, but... <laughs> we'll see. Um... <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, I mean... your, that's your scouting report for Todd Gilland. We'll see. <laughs> but, but beyond that, it's really hard to f- figure out where the, like the next potential wave of first time winners will come because like in the last three years we've had michael mcdowell get a win christopher bell get his uh cole custer pulled one out of the hat two years ago at kentucky mm-hmm. so it's kind of easy to forget like we've had some of those first time winners already uh kind of taken off the table here in the last couple of years and if this only, is a really if, strong year for first, if, essential first time winners if only jacques villeneuve had won the daytona 500 <laughs> And that's oh. where that's where we'll end this episode. <laughs> so thank Bring you. Us home. So, so, so thank you for listening, guys. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan McFadden. You could email the show at or email us at danlickfadden at gmail.com. Uh follow us on YouTube at uh youtube.com slash Dan John, where can they find you? Uh I am Twitter and Instagram, it's the same handle at John Law Filet, because I just, you know, you might school. want to spell it. Spell it. <laughs> J-O-N-L-A-W-F-I-L-E-T. John Law Filet. Okay. How how did your cover band 
concert go. Late you mean the one year. that like like three months ago? It was fun. It was I never, fun. Never, never never checked in with you on that. No, it was fun. It was good fun. We uh we for those of you not not in the know, we did a I did a cover a Fountains of Wayne cover band. They were the band that had Stacy's mom, but they were also a cult band. Had a really good run. Um, their their principal songwriter passed away from COVID, so we did a couple of tribute shows to honor him, and they were both a hoot. So, no musical uh things in the pipeline just yet. I'm, my whole life is in limbo till I get these bar results back. So, okay. Have and you seen I, the, the TikTok trend where someone is pretending to be a mom and they're naming? Their baby. Yes. What's her yes. name? Her name is Stacy. Yep. <laughs> hey, you know, if, if I'm lucky enough to get a wife worthy of that meme, then yes, I would seriously consider. <laughs> Dad, why my name's Stacy? Well, sit down and let me play you a song. It's all about hot moms, you see. Or your mom is incredibly hot. I don't <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Podcast. Have you have you um Speaking of mid two thousands pop music, uh, seeing or heard the cover a guy made of nineteen eighty five, that where it's two thousand five. Yes, yes, yes. Because the same distance is yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, uh-huh. the same amount of time has the, elapsed. The the first time I heard that was uh, depressing, <laughs> while also entertaining. Because we're old. Well, we're the old. Thing, like, the, the the one part of it that just threw me was she thought she'd get a hand on a member of yellow card i was like yellow <laughs> card who's who's thought about it's, yellow it's... card since since um the spider-man 2 soundtrack <laughs> like, like, i have not i had not heard, even given a single thought to yellow card until that funny, guy came out funny story about yellow card uh it's 2010 I'm at the okay. motor. I'm at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for uh, pole day at the 500, and guess who's playing? Yellow, Yellow Card. But guess what? Their drummer got sick or stepped away for personal reasons, so it was an acoustic set at a racetrack. <laughs> now it's pole day, so cars are going by one at a time, and I I, I was there, but <laughs> so they're playing their songs and they're singing in key, and then whenever a car would come by, the singer would like go to the key of the engine so he would just he he would start because he okay. could because the, it, was, it was so loud it overwhelmed his uh his his monitors where he couldn't hear himself and he would just sing in the key of an indycar engine and then the, the you know yellow card had the violin player the violin player figured out the tone of an indycar and at least in 2010 the tone of an indycar was an e flat so you're welcome <laughs> And the more you know. The more you know. <laughs> All right. That's it for this episode of Dropping the Hammer. Maybe, maybe Mr. Mr. John Law will come back next week. And then the week after that, he's got free time. <laughs> for now. <laughs> so, but all right. Anyway, this has been Dropping the Hammer with Dan McFadden. I'm Dan McFadden. Thank you, John, for, for joining me. Happy to be here. All right. Take care, guys. <laughs>